You're listening to the Theology of Music podcast, the only podcast where we unpack the good and sometimes bad theology in the songs that we sing. My name is Joel. Welcome again to the Theology of Music podcast. My name is Joel, and as you have already heard, but I also want to just say, hey, it's great to be back with you all, which you heard me say last time, but also I hope you're having a great time. I hope your day is going well or your night is going well. Yeah, I just hope it's going great for you. So today I want to take a look at specifically a song by a group, but also a group as well. So it's a little different in the sense that I'm not necessarily only looking at a song, uh, but I, I'm also kind of giving context to the group. And this is not necessarily out of the ordinary. I've done this before in the podcast, but this group is huge right now. There's a lot of memes, which I think are hilarious about this group collabing with every single person uh, and uh, every single worship group that's out there. Now, they're not actually doing that, but I think it's hilarious for those memes. Speaking of words that start with M, it's Maverick City Music. And that was the the worst transition, but who cares? So Maverick City Music is a group out of Atlanta, and they're not like Hillsong or Elevation or Bethel in the sense that they operate within the confines of a church, right? So it's not Bethel and Bethel Music, or Elevation and Elevation Worship, right? Or, you know, Hillsong, Hillsong Live or Hillsong United, right? It's, it's not like that. It is not, they go to Maverick Church, and this is Maverick City Music's as a representation of the church that they go to. No, this is just kind of a collective. And so, you know, if you actually ask them, this is what they'll say. They'll say that Maverick City Music is a community of songwriting worshipers with a sound that's uniquely their own. This diverse group is breaking down walls and blurring boundaries to create a safe space for all, especially during these times of unrest. The main guy behind Maverick City Music is a guy named Chandler Moore, who's actually just 25 years old. And when you look at their website, you can find this slogan that they have up there. It says, unorthodox, free spirit, rule breaker, one that breaks away from the herd. So this is how they would describe or define Maverick or Maverick City Music. And I think that's a pretty apt description because they are different, right? They're not... They can't really be boiled down to CCM, right, or, you know, typical contemporary worship music. But they're also not typical gospel music, right, because they don't hit all the different little tropes. Honestly, I could spend hours talking about musical tropes in different genres of music, specifically in Christian music. And I I just love to joke on, you know, contemporary Christian and gospel music because you you know it's a gospel song or you know it's a contemporary music song because it has contemporary Christian music song because it has certain elements in every single song it has to have those elements right but Maverick doesn't do that Maverick City Music doesn't fall within any of those molds so they succeed in their main goal which is to be different right now I will come back to that later when we talk about the song but just remember that being different, while it's it's not a bad thing, is not always the main goal of being a Christian, right? So that's all I'm going to say about that right now. But that just think about that as we start to unpack Maverick City more in, in the song as well. 
And if you didn't know, Maverick City has actually been nominated for a couple Dove Awards, one of which is for the song that we're going to take a look at today. And I want you to know, I actually enjoy Maverick City music. There are a couple songs, quite a few songs that they have done over their, I think about four, five or six albums that I actually really enjoy. And they're not like they want them to be. They're not conventional songs. And that was actually really refreshing to me when I first found them. So their purpose, the thing that they wanted to accomplish, they did in my own life in that I was refreshed by this newness to their to their style and how they went about leading, especially how Chandler Moore would lead the songs. Because because they're free, right? There's more fluidity. There's not structure to the songs. Now, there there is structure in the sense that if you go look at a chord chart, you can see the main parts of the song. And then even when you're kind of going through listening to the song, you can tell, okay, you know, here, here's, here's the chorus and we're going to go to the bridge and then we're going to do the bridge again and then we're going to do the bridge again and then we're going to do the bridge again and then we're going to do the bridge again and then we're going to do the bridge again and then we're going to go back to the chorus and then maybe change it. Who knows? I'm kidding, but I'm also not kidding because that's actually one of the songs. But anyway, that's, but you, you, there isn't a, a set, this is how you have to sing the song. So that's really kind of cool for worship leaders and, and those who are leading the song. You can really make the song however you want to. Now, there obviously is their structure and everything, but the irony actually is in trying to be free, you eventually just do the same thing in every song, which is flow. So if you're always flowing, are you really now breaking the mold? Or are you just doing the same thing over and over again? That's just something I think about when, you know, people say, oh, this is who I want. I want to be known by this. This is my marker. And then what you end up doing actually ends up being the antithesis to the marker that you want to have denote who you are in your style. So I just, I just thought that was funny. So let's get to the song. So Promises by Maverick City Music. And first off, I want to say it. this song is a really cool, almost modern take on Great Is Thy Faithfulness. And you might be thinking, oh, that doesn't make any sense. Well, the funny thing is that actually there's a lot of songs that took that. There's a, there's a trend in today's worship music, and this is for free, and you know I'm a nerd, so I, I think about these things, where people take themes from hymns and they put them in modern songs to kind of bridge the gap between the old heads, as they would probably say, and the, the young generation, right? So it, it gives you the, oh, that makes me think of that old hymn that I love, and the, oh, this is fresh. Whether or not those people are, are vindictively doing that or they just enjoy that aspect and they want to, you know, with a, a, a righteous and, and compassionate heart, want to bridge those two demographics, that's fine. I don't, I don't really care. I just thought it was funny. So Promises, I believe, does a really good job bridging Old Testament and New Testament to display the faithfulness of God, right? The God of covenant is faithful to keep all of his promises forever. This is one of their main points of the entire song. And I think that this song really succeeds in that aspect, right? So the first line is is really, really cool to think about, right? It's got this element of the God of Abraham, right? It's God of Abraham. You're the God of covenant and of faithful promises. Time and time again, you have proven you'll do just what you said. So that's the first verse. The second verse is God from age to age, though the earth may pass away, your word remains the same. Your history can prove there's nothing you can't do. You're faithful and true. Now, I, if I read that aloud to you, 
without the context of it being in a song, without the context of it being for, from Maverick City Music, right? You would think, wow, that's really good. And I'm not saying because it's from Maverick City Music, it's not good. What I'm saying, though, is that truth is true on its own. You don't have to know who sang it to know that it's true. He is the God of Abraham, which I, I do think they do a lot. They like to throw Old Testament names for God out there, and it kind of bridges some of that, like I was saying, some of the gap. And I think a lot of songs do that today, too. They they say unnecessarily so Old Testament names for the Lord. They're fine, but if they don't fit in the theme of the song, it doesn't really work. But in this case, it does, right? The God of Abraham, God of Abraham, you're the God of covenant. That's very true. There is an Abrahamic covenant, right? There's Davidic covenants. There's there's actual covenantal language all throughout the Old Testament because there are covenants within the story of Christ and his redemption and God and his relationship with the world and his people, right? This is real truth to our faith. So they are right to say, God of Abraham, you're the God of covenant and faithful promises. And so I love that this song is true without even mentioning music and style. It's true. Right. Immediately, I, I think to Deuteronomy right, 7, 9, where it says, Know therefore that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps his covenant and his loving kindness to a thousandth generation to those with those who love him and keep his commandments. Or in the Psalms, it says, All his work is done in faithfulness, or he will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a bulwark. I mean, scripture, not even just in the Old Testament, is is replete with God's faithfulness, with praising of God's faithfulness, right? First Corinthians, God is faithful through whom you were called into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Or even Hebrews, Hebrews says, God, let us hold fast the, the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful, right? This, this verse is true. He is the God of Abraham. He is the God of covenant. He is faithful and true. And time and time again throughout scripture, he has proven he'll do just what he says he'll do. And in many ways, these are not actually good things to think about because in many ways to the people of Israel and God's people in general, right? He said, if you do not listen to me, this will happen, right? This, this, is, this is God in Leviticus when he's saying, if you don't listen to me, I will punish you for your sins seven times over. And then if you don't do this, I will punish you for your sins seven times over. And if you still don't listen... I will punish for you for your sins seven times over. And if after all of this you don't listen to me, I will also punish you for your sins seven times over. And guess what? He literally did that. But he also, at the end of that passage in Leviticus, says, but I'm not going to forget my covenant, which this song talks about. He does not forget his covenant. And guess what happens? He doesn't. He restores his people like he said he would. And so the pre-chorus says, Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I will remain steadfast and let my heart learn. When you speak a word, it will come to pass. I mean, this is true. Once again, I mean, there's nothing else to say. This is true. So as a friend of mine once said, don't bore us, get to the chorus. So this is the chorus. Great is your faithfulness to me. Great is your faithfulness to me. From the rising sun to the setting same, I will praise your name. Great is your faithfulness to me. It's a simple one, and you repeat it a lot, and that's totally fine. I will say, as a songwriter, I have hated trying to talk about the, the rising from the rising and setting of the sun, right? How do you get that in a song for it to not sound weird or lame? Or how do you even get it to rhyme? And how does that work? 
I'm I'm not going to say they do it well. It feels a little forced to say from the rising sun to the setting same. Like I mean, yeah, I mean you're not wrong, but it's not Shakespeare. That's that's what I'm saying. And not every song has to be, but I just thought that line was really funny when I first heard it. Thought, well, rising sun to the setting same feels a little lazy to me, but who am I to judge? So, except I have a podcast. Anyway, so you actually might see similarities between this chorus and the chorus of Great is Thy Faithfulness. Because when you look at Great is Thy Faithfulness, it says Great is Thy Faithfulness. Great is Thy Faithfulness. Morning to morning. All I have needed is great is thy faithfulness unknown unto me. Right, so you've actually basically have the same thing. Two lines of great is thy faithfulness or great is your faithfulness to me. And then you break from that to sing from the rising sun to the setting same or morning by morning new mercies I see. And then you go back to great is your faithfulness, O Lord, unto me. So you see it. You see that this is basically the same chorus as great is thy faithfulness, just changed and given a more modern feel right so you get that because you great as a faithfulness great as your faithfulness to me morning by morning from the rising sun to the setting same right and it's not like they stole it it's more like they took the kjv and they then just did the nlt and that's how you got your chorus <laughs> sorry anyway so yeah but either way it's a great chorus it's true and it's really singable and also if you remember i told you about how some people do certain time signatures because that makes the song feel like it's a bigger song and has more of an impact because it's in six eight but in all seriousness, I really do like this song. And I think it's a great song. If you get past the whole setting same kind of thing and the length of the song, right? It, there's a lot of spontaneity in the song. So it goes on for miles. But I really do think that it is a beneficial song to sing. It's easy to sing, right? There's one thing about many of the songs that Maverick City writes is that they are so easy to sing, partly because there's, an all, there's not a lot in them lyrically, right? There's a lot of repetition, which is fine. It's not a bad thing to have repetition. But you have to think, if you are leading this song, or if you're a pastor and you want to do this song at your church, you have to trim it down. Remember, for every person that, and I believe this is wrong, is looking for that emotional response, there is another person that does not worship like that, because that's not what worship technically is. So you have to be mindful of that fact, right? Worship isn't chasing an emotional connection. And so if you think, I'm going to do this song, and it's going to yield the same response of the people that I see in the video, you're going to be sorely disappointed, because that's not what worship actually is. And I'm not going to speak to the heart of the people who are in the video or the people who wrote the song, right? They are most definitely probably worshiping the Lord in, in when you see them in the videos, right? That's that's fine, but do not expect an immediate response to be the same from your church. But let's rate this song, right? So it, who is the song focusing on? It's focusing on the Lord, right? Are there any elements of sanctification? Not really. I mean, there is an element when you say, you know, those storms come, I'll remain steadfast and I'll learn, my heart will learn that, you know, whatever you said, whatever word you've spoken will come to pass. That's that's sanctification. And it doesn't really mention Christ. There's, there's no Christ exaltation in this song, which is a little disappointing because I think, you know, there, you missed the opportunity to mention Christ in how God has been faithful, right? You, That's the ultimate faithfulness of the Lord in providing a Savior, which 
another song does so well and it's obviously going to be way different because it comes from a group that's not in the same vein as Maverick City Music and they focus on more way more depth and way more intricacy to their lyricism and so this song is called Christ the True and Better Adam and the verse I want to focus on is the third verse which says this Christ the True and Better Moses called to lead a people home standing bold to earthly powers God's great glory to be known with arms stretched wide to heaven like when Moses stretched his arm wide to part the seas see the waters part in two see the veil is torn forever cleansed with blood we pass now through I mean so that's saying okay Christ is the fulfillment he is the better version of every single person we have ever held high in scripture so why not say great is your faithfulness to me because of christ i mean there is so much to say about how good god is because of jesus yes he is god of abraham yes he is god of covenants yes he is faithful and true but the greatest marker of that in our faith will always be jesus it will always be christ and that's what happens when you really lean into old testament right because unbelievers and outsiders might listen to the song and go okay but god doesn't answer my prayers or i don't understand what do you mean god of abraham god of covenants that doesn't make any sense christ makes sense because almost everyone knows when they walk into church even if they don't know and never heard an ounce of the gospel when you say god in christ something clicks because that's the gospel no one is saved because they read the old testament and said oh man the god of covenants i like that in leviticus when he's like look if you keep sinning i'm gonna punish you seven times over man i am going to rain it down on you you know he's coming scripture's clear they will not know unless they hear and they have to hear the gospel and so this song is not bad but i do not think it can stand on its own without being paired with a song like christ the true and better adam yes this song is good yes this song does a great job proclaiming god's faithfulness but it misses out on the key factor to the lord's faithfulness and that's the intervention through his son jesus christ so pair this song with a song like in christ alone i mean that would be a really one to pair it with or christ the true and better adam or even great is thy faithfulness i mean what if you did a medley and you went to great is thy faithfulness and you went to the part where it talks about pardon for sin and a peace that endureth or even the austin stone version of great is thy faithfulness where it says i couldn't even love thee so blind and unfeeling covenant promises didn't even fall to me but you still don't have christ so i would pair this song though with a song that says it's still just christ right so in christ alone or christ the sure and better adam now you don't have to do just any of those two songs you can do any song but it needs to be a song that points to jesus being the ultimate faithfulness of the lord right you have to say all this is great but jesus is still the best and so i hope you who are listening know 
that Jesus who is so good. And you know that God who is faithful to his promises. He is always and will ever be true to his promises. Calvary's King, written by Joel Archer. You find it on Spotify. But to address what I said in the very beginning, we're not called to be creative or different when it comes to being songwriters for for the Lord and his church. We're called to be stewards of what God has told us, not innovators. And that's actually one of my mentors. He said that, and I thought it was really apt to describe this group. So just think about that. When you when you think about artists who say, I want to be creative and an innovator, when really the whole goal is, I, I want to be faithful to the truth that God laid out in Scripture. But anyway, I hope that this podcast has been a blessing to you. And if you like the song, it's great. Promises is a good song. It's a really good song. Congregationally, like I said, I think you have to pair it with another one. But if you just want to listen to it, I don't see any problem in listening to the song. My family listens to a lot of Maverick City music, and I think it's been a blessing to all of us, especially my oldest daughter who loves to dance to their song, Man of Your Word, because it, it really does. It, it vibes. But anyway, if you have any suggestions for songs or you have any critique or you just enjoyed this podcast and you want to say that to me, that would be nice. Email me at theologyandmusic at gmail.com. But with that, I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful day, and I hope you have a great week weekend and you enjoy worshiping together corporately on Sunday. Have a great one, guys. 